Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. All right, take out those notes you got when you came in today. I am ready to bring God's word. We are in part five of a series we have called The Miracles of Jesus. Miracles of Jesus. We're looking at some of the 37 miracles that Jesus did that are mentioned in the Gospels, and we are learning lessons from them and showing them how to apply it to our life and see miracles happen in our life. And we're hearing incredible stories. Today is going to be a day you will never forget. It will be a unique day that I think will help you a lot. We're gonna be in the book of Mark. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up there. Book of Mark. We're gonna be in chapter five. And this is right after the story that I told two weeks ago of the calming of the seas. So you got Jesus calming the storms. He gets to the other side. And then we pick up in Mark chapter five. And I'm telling you, it's a miracle that you've probably read before, but you didn't think you needed before. And I just want you to know, you need this miracle in your life. Mark chapter five, we're gonna start in verse one. And it's a little lengthier passage to follow along with me. Look what he says. It says, they went across to the lake, to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. And this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him night and day among the tombs and in the hills. He would cry out and cut himself with the stones. Verse six, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell to his knees in front of him. By the way, best decision he ever made right there. Just come to Jesus. Verse seven, he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want from me, Jesus, son of the most high? God, in God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Verse nine, and Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion. Legion is a Roman army term meaning 5,000 soldiers. So he's giving this term saying, hey, there's, there's a lot of us for we are many. And he begged Jesus, and again, not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd about, the herd, about 2,000 in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. That's a really bad day for those pigs. And those who were tending the pigs ran off and reported this into the town and the countryside and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind and they were afraid. Those who had seen it had told the people of what had happened to the demon possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus didn't let him go, but said, go home to your own people and tell how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and begged to tell and began to tell the people in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And the people were amazed. Can I hear a good amen today, church? Let's pray. Jesus, speak to us, change us. And let us leave here in just a few minutes forever different. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, today's miracle is unique because today's miracle, we're gonna dive into the subject of deliverance. We're gonna talk about deliverance today. So I want you to take out those notes because this is a subject you probably maybe never even heard talk about in church. And I, I thought it would be so crucial because I think it's a miracle that actually every single one of us 
needs. And you might be here today and go, I'm not this guy. You might not be this guy, but here's the good news for you. Is if you are the guy that's sitting there in a cave by themselves, naked, cutting yourselves out of your mind, I want you to know there's hope for you also. And if you're not that guy, then your situation is not as bad as you think it is. There's hope for all of us. But this story's unique, the way that it's set up even in the Gospels, because the story happens right after Jesus gets off this, the, the boat where he calmed the sea. I actually think the two miracles are connected because it shows us the nature of Jesus. And here it is. It's right in your notes. Ready? It's that Jesus specializes in bringing calm to chaos. We saw this at creation where the world was chaotic. The Bible says it was, the earth was without form and void. And what did Jesus do? He brought calm. He brought order into it. We see it on the Sea of Galilee. Now we see it there in the Gerasenes where a man who was troubled in his spirit, demon possessed, now Jesus brings calm and deliverance to his life. The good news is no matter what seems chaotic in your life today, I want you to know Jesus still can bring calm and peace and order to our chaotic world. Can I hear a good amen today, church? He does it in each of our lives. So this interesting part about this story is this man was possessed by demons. Now, this is interesting because it's a world where people don't really understand it a lot. So I'm going to break it down. But let me just say this. What you're going to hear today is very entry level on what we would call demonology or the study of the demons and spiritual world. If you want to go another step further, I would say you need to jump into what's called Foundations, which is a year-long program. This is awesome. And it'll, we actually do a whole week on uh, the spiritual world out there. But I'm going to give you three keys from our story today that'll help you understand what's going on and the deliverance that we all need. And I promise you this, listen with a smile on my face, it's not gonna get weird. Well, it might, but I don't know. It, it, hopefully it's not gonna get weird, okay? So, so it'll be a great day for you, ready? So here's the three keys. Number one is simply this, you need to understand that the spiritual realm is very real and very active. There is an actual spiritual realm that's out there that's very real and very active, and we got to open our eyes to understand it is real out there today. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says it this way, for our struggle, and even as believers, we got to understand this, your struggle, it's not against flesh and blood. Like, the problem's not the neighbor, the problem's not your, your spouse, it's not your kids, it's not your coworker. That's not the war that we're in. But against, look at this, the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against every spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. The struggle is spiritual. And there is a demonic realm out there that is against your life and is attacking your life, whether you know it or not. And we see this in the life of Jesus because everywhere he goes, he's healing the sick, but he's also casting out devils everywhere. I find it interesting that the demonic is so active in the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus. And the reason why is because the demons knew the potential that Jesus had. The demons knew. That's why they're all going crazy. Everywhere he goes, people that are demon-possessed are manifesting, doing weird stuff. Why? Because they knew what was about to happen on that cross. They knew about the sacrifice that was about to get paid. They know that their day is numbered because of Jesus. So here's the encouragement for you. Ready? If you feel like your life is under unusual demonic attack, 
be encouraged today because that is not because of your past, it's because of the potential of your future. I wish Christians believed in their future as much as the enemy knows about the potential that's in front of them. I wish we were as confident in what God wants to do through our life because that's the reason we are under attack right now. And there's a very real spiritual world that wants you dead. And and we have to make a choice. Like, what are we gonna do about this? Now, C.S. Lewis says it this way. It's in your notes that there are two equal and opposite, and I want you to write down errors, into which um, our race can fall when it comes to the issue of the demonic, all right? And here's the first one. The first one is the disbelief in their existence. Like, I'm just not gonna believe it. I'm gonna put my head in the ground and in the ground and just move on. And that's the reality. That's how most Christians live, that it's really not that big of a deal what's going on. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. And that's where some people in the church world go. And it's like, everything is demonic. It's like, it's behind every bush. There's another demon. It's another demon. I grew up in that culture. Uh, the culture was like, man, there's a demon for everything. It's like, you're struggling with alcohol. You got a demon of alcohol in you. You know, you're struggling with pornography. It's a demon of pornography. You know, I, I remember it was for us, it was, man, they're always praying for me. Lord, Lord, get that demon of ADD out of this body right now. Come on, Jesus name. It didn't work. But Ritalin helped me. Come on, somebody. Now, helped us, brother. You can be a preacher and ADD. Come on. (laughs) But I'll tell you, the the reality is most of us live like it's not out there. It's not real. And what's happened is, is the devil is so smart because what he's done is he's infiltrated our culture. And it's it's way easier to see when you're in Asia because you can see obvious, the obvious demonic activity. In America, it's way more subtle. And I just want to be your pastor for a little bit because I've even seen it creep up in the church when it comes to new age practices and new age kind of approaches to spiritualism and, and, and connecting and the energy and the world we're in today. And I'm telling you, behind the scenes of it all, it's demonic. It's demonic. The most recent stat is that four out of every practicing Christian, so four out of every, four of every 10 practicing Christians regularly partakes in new age practices in America. That those new age practices would be seeing a psychic or doing a Reiki kind of healings and those kind of things. And those kind of stuff that, that you would sit there and, and if you're looking at the scriptures, you're going, this doesn't connect at all. But, but it's out there. I had a moment, and, and I'm telling you, this is where it became so real and it's the reason I'm preaching this message. Is that a moment about a month ago where I was um, asked to be on a local TV station. And anytime I get the opportunity, I'm like, yeah, I want to share about Jesus. Give me 10 minutes, it'd be awesome. So um, I didn't realize what I signed up for. So when I signed up, I went to the local station and I realized it's an hour on spirituality and they're gonna give me 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So I get there and I get to the green room and I walk in the green room and I'm telling you, I'm not a weird person. I know some of y'all are like, this is your first time at Radiant. You're like, this church is weird. I promise you, we're very normal. <laughs> very normal, I promise you. But uh, I, I go into the green room and as soon as I get in the green room, it's me and it's like seven ladies that are all in like their 40s, 50s and 60s. And as soon as I walk in, I go, this is weird. Something's off. And, and let me tell you, if, if you've been around this stuff, you can tell, you can tell when something's just kind of off. So I walk in, I'm like, something's weird. So I sit there and everybody's kind of just doing their own thing. I'm just, just scrolling on my phone. I'm like, okay, no, I'm a pastor. I need to like love people. I said, something feels weird about this room. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just, it's like an elevator. I was like, I'll break the ice. So I was like, so what does everybody do for a living? You know, like, what's your job? And uh, so they, open up the conversation. Well, I always kind of do that because I want them to ask me. 
what I do for a living. So I can say, ah, I preach the gospel. Can I tell you about it, Jesus? So, so we start going around the room and it starts with this first lady and she's like, I'm a medium. And I was like, no, I didn't ask what your shirt size was. I'm like, what is that? Like, <laughs> joke. I said, I, I, she says, I'm a medium. I said, oh, what does that mean? She says, no, I, I communicate to a people that have passed. I said, oh, okay. And then um, I went to the next lady and she's like, oh yeah, I'm a psychic. I was like, oh, okay. So I let her explain that. The next one was like a Reiki healer and you know, explain that to me. I didn't know what that was. And it went around the room, all of them with all these different, different unique, uh, things. And I remember sitting there and as a moment, I was like, oh, that's what I felt. That's what I felt. And, and, and these, they weren't, these, these weren't like some weird, like we look at, you know, demonic activity. You look at movies like the exorcist and you're like, that's that. No, I'm telling you, it's way more just like, it's way more just infiltrated in our culture. Like these are like South Tampa moms. You know what I mean? These, these are not like weird people. They're walking down Bayshore with their stroller and then talking to dead people afterwards. And I'm not mocking them. I'm telling you, it's way more into our culture than you think it is. And then I come to find out that, I mean, there's people in groups and stuff and it's all like, have you tried this and this crystal and this thing? And I'm going, and listen, I'm not trying to knock it. I'm just trying to tell you there's something behind it you don't want to be part of. Amen. I'm, I'm here as your pastor to warn you a little bit, to let you know there's demonic activity that's involved that if you're not careful, the focus gets off of Jesus onto this other stuff. And once it's on all this other stuff, the enemy's won because now he's got Jesus off the throne of your life. So, so we've got to be very real about this and how to deal with this. And this man in our story was was filled with demons. He was, he was filled. We see it in this story. He, he, met, he lived in tombs and nobody could bind him anymore with a chain. He was often chained hand and foot. Uh, look at this. Nobody was strong enough to subdue him. Look at verse five. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out, cut himself with stones. I mean, this guy, his life was wrecked because of this demonic activity. And I'm telling you, it's more real than you think it is. And it's everywhere today. So what do we do about it? Here's number two. Ready? Number two is Jesus is far greater and far more powerful than any demonic spirit. So when we think about the demonic realm out there today, I'm not walking into that room. I'm not walking in fearful because I know who's inside of me. Because there's this weird idea, and I want to break it off of our church and break it off of Christianity today, is that there's this spiritual war going on, and God's fighting, and he, the devil's fighting, and we hope that God wins this thing. It reminds me of this picture you've seen. It's like, that's what it looks like. It's like uh, Jesus and the, and the devil, they're arm wrestling, and Jesus looks like, I'm really weak, but I have a sweet beard. And Satan's like, I'm angry, and I'm so ripped, like yeah, I am. And we're like, come on, if we fast enough and pray enough, maybe Jesus will win. Let me tell you, there's nothing further from the truth than this right here. There is no war happening between them right now. What Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago was more than significant, was more than sufficient for all of us to walk in victory the rest of our life. He defeated Satan on the cross. He defeated death on the cross. And because of that, he has a power and authority over the enemy, and now through Jesus, you can have authority over the enemy also. So it's not because we're great, it's because Jesus is great. Look what it says in verse seven. It says he shouted, talking about the, the devil, um, the demons that shouted, what do you want from me, Jesus, son of the most high God? 
which by the way, isn't it interesting? The demons knew who Jesus was. They do. They they know who he is. They know the power that he has. In God's name, don't torture me. Why do they ask that? Because he can torture them. And by the way, he will one day. That's why hell was created. It was for these demons. He will one day. And it says, Jesus said to them, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Look at verse 12. And the demons begged Jesus. Look, look at that imagery. It's not we're in a war and hopefully Jesus will overcome him. No, they're begging him, please, please don't kill us yet. We know you're going to in the future. Don't kill us yet. They're begging Jesus. And so, so it, it helps us to understand this is real. Jesus is more powerful. So how does it affect our life? Now, here's the key. It all comes down to this idea, and I want you to understand this. It's, it simply comes down to this idea. It's who has ownership of your life. Who has ownership of your life? When we're talking about demon possession and demon oppression and and the demonic, like who has ownership of your life? Because people that are demon possessed have given ownership of their life over. See, there's only three options for ownership of your life. Either you're in charge, the enemy's in charge, or Jesus is in charge. So to help us figure this out, you know, I'm a visual person. I'm trying to really complicate a thing. I'm gonna try to make it really practical for you today is we are gonna reintroduce one of our, our local favorites for Radiant Church. If you've been around for a while, we've had her visit many, many times. So I wanna welcome on the stage, our one and only Tampa Tammy is back with us today. And if you don't know Tampa Tammy, I'm telling you, she's a treat, she's a treat. Tampa Tammy is just amazing. So. Um, or St. Pete Sally for our St. Pete crew, all right? So she's just, she's just your, your average, cool, eh, everything's awesome girl, all right? She was at Taylor Swift this week. Ah! I'm just like Taylor. No, you're not. All right. <laughs> That's fun. I didn't say that in any other service, but you're welcome. So, so Tammy starts like all of us, which is she's in control of the car, which is her life, okay? Her life is this. This vehicle represents her life. And, and she's in control. The problem with it is you are never designed to be in control of your life. Yes. You are never designed to be in charge of your life. I'm telling you, here's what happens when we're in charge of our life. It's wreck after wreck after wreck. And if you find yourself continually getting in wreck after wreck after wreck, it's because you're in control instead of releasing control to the one who should have control of your life. But the problem with it is, is here's what demon possession is. Demon possession is normally when somebody, their life keeps going into wreck after wreck after wreck. And what they do is in their moments of desperation, they give control of their life over. And usually what happens is they give it over to something that is very powerful and very real. And it doesn't even look like it, but what they end up doing is they give it over to the devil, okay? So... We got the devil here. So this is, this is what they give it over to. So look how he's smiling. He's not, he's smiling, but he's deceitful. All right. So, so what she's done is she's given it over. And I'm telling you, this is real. And we've seen it happen where, where people who have given their life over, whether it's through different practices or different things, different open doors in their life, they've ended up giving control of their life over to, to the devil. So there's really not even any point. Like when it comes to, to preaching the gospel or whatever, like they're not in their right mind. And, you, and let me tell you, I, I know mental illness is a very real thing. Yeah. It's a very, it's a real, it's a thing that, and it's a thing that many people struggle with. I'm telling you, I'm not talking about mental illness here. You, you can see it. When there's someone that you come across with that is possessed by a demon, you can see there's a massive difference between that and mental illness. Yeah. 
And, and you have to understand, this is someone, they can't control their life. They cannot do the right thing. They're out of their mind. They're, they're not in the right state. They, that's where even we see the things with cutting and we see things with, with self-harm. We see it's somebody, the enemy has gotten now full control of their life. So what do we have to do? Well, we have to take authority over this and we have to get the, the devil out of here. That, which, by the way, this is why Christians can't be demon-possessed. Write it down your notes this way. Because Christians can't be demon-possessed because the spirit of God and the demonic, they can't be roommates. So, so they're, not in, they're not in the same car. So what do you need? Well, you need a savior. And that's why the savior came. 100% Spidey, spider, 100% human, right here. Okay, so a little Bible joke for you. Okay, so you, you've got, you got it, you got it. So what you have to do is there has to be a moment that somebody from the outside, this is where, the, this is the ministry of the church. That's why it says all throughout the Great Commission where it says, what do you do? You go, you preach the gospel, you heal the sick, you cast out demons. It's part of it. Like we're not weird. It's just part of the ministry that we do. So there's people that come in, they can't even control themselves. We go, all right. We, we, in the name of Jesus, get out of there and we kick him out, all right? And then what do we do? Now there's an empty spot in there and now we ask, they, they ask Jesus, okay, now I wanna get control because if she comes back in control, that's not the solution because then the car's just gonna keep crashing. We actually had this happen, I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, it was during one of our services, a lady brought her friend and the friend, I mean, couldn't focus, couldn't do anything and then started just weird erratic behavior. So our prayer team took him aside and said, hey, said, like, we, we want to pray for you. We, we believe you're, you know, you're demon possessed. And so, again, we're not weird. I'm, just, I'm trying to, like, <laughs> calm the crowd here because everyone's like, this is getting weird. So they talked talk to me. They're like, they're like, they went to my office. They're like, Aaron, do, do you want to come and pray for this person? I'm like, no, I'm busy. You got it. <laughs> Prayer team's got it. Same Jesus lives in you, lives in me. We got it. So they prayed for the man. Within a few minutes, the man was free. Like it was, it was just, it's, it's, it's not hard. It's not complicated. It's not something that you need to put on social media while you're doing it. Like all that's weird. So they prayed, they did that. And then the person came into the service and it was awesome. And then they invite Jesus in and they make a decision. Like, like last week, someone invites him in and he goes, okay, now Jesus, now you drive the car. And now Jesus is in charge of the car, the way it's supposed to be. It's you've got the enemy out, you've got yourself out, and now you put Jesus into the driver's seat of the car. And I'm telling you, God can use your life. And that man gave his life to the Lord that day, and now, y'all know Will, our worship leader, that's him. No, it's not the case. It's not Will, I love you. <laughs> poor, poor Will. Mm. This, let me just tell you, so when Jesus is in your car, and you feel that attack in your life, it's not coming from within you, it's coming from outside of you. Yeah. Because now, that's why you have to believe what First John says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you yeah. is greater than he that's in the world. Yeah. So you've got to recognize, listen, so now here's what the enemy does. As, as you are following Christ, you're letting him drive the vehicle of your car. Yeah. The enemy comes in and he can't come in the car but what he does is he sits on the outside and he says, take control of the wheel. You're never gonna amount to anything. You're never gonna, you're never gonna get further along. There's no way you're actually gonna get to your destination. And he lies to you. The enemy's primary tactic for believers now is he just lies to you. Because he knows he can't control you, so he'll lie to you so you make bad decisions yourself. So you've got to make it recognized. Let me tell you, the enemy is very, very real when it, comes to, when it comes to trying to control your life. Now he's trying to control it from the outside. So you have three things that are driving the car. Either you're driving the car, 
Jesus is driving the car or the devil's driving the car. And you gotta make sure the right thing's driving the car, which by the way, not everything is the devil. Can we just be real with you? Like not everything's the devil. Like so many people give it just, it's the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do it. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes you're just dumb. Can we just be honest? Like uh, the devil made me late for church. You were in Starbucks drive-thru. You were late for church. Devil didn't have anything to do that. I just skipped, you know, the, the devil made me not go to church. I'm like, no, you went to golf. Golf made you not go to church. Like, like the devil put me in this relationship. No, you freely responded to that DM and went right back into that thing. Devil didn't need to do any part of that. So, so there's a real devil, but there's a real Jesus that can bring us victory over it. Let me show you how in number three. Ready? Number three is simply this. Everyone is either being delivered by Jesus, and I'm gonna show you how, or requesting to be delivered from Jesus. And that's where I see most Christians today. They're in this place where they're accepting the deliverance that Jesus wants to do in their life, or they're removing and saying, no, 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 I, don't, I, don't, I can't have Jesus part of this thing. And I'm telling you, we see it in this story. And I'll close it out, and I think it's so crazy because I was researching this story, and what bothered me about the story was the pigs. The pigs, you remember our 2,000 pigs that went over the cliff? Yeah. And I thought about these pigs, I'm like, God, what's the point of the pigs in the story? And I kept researching and read commentaries and watched different messages all about these things. I'm like, who, what's the insight on the pigs? And I figured it out. I figured it out. As I was studying this, I realized there's two different deliverances that every single person needs happening in this story. So the one deliverance is a deliverance from the devil, and we understand that. And, and, And I'm telling you, and if you're here today... And you are dealing with that. I'm telling you, we have prayer teams down front. We'll, we'll pray with you and believe God. It's not, it's not hard. We're just going to believe God in the name of Jesus for your, for your freedom. But I'll tell you, the issue that most of you are dealing with is not your issue of the d- devil inside of you. <laughs> because you have Jesus and you have a relationship with him. You have the second deliverance needed. And what I realized is I started doing research on this area. This area is called the Gerasenes. It's the only time in Jesus' ministry he went outside of, of the Jewish territory and did ministry. The only time. So he went to Roman territory and did ministry. And when he went to the Roman territory, he then cast these demons into these pigs. And so I started researching the pigs. Here's the idea of the pigs. The pigs were their livelihood. The pigs were their food. The pigs were their income. And let me tell you, the Jewish culture wouldn't have anything to do with the pigs. The Roman culture just swallowed up and said, no, this is what we're gonna make our whole economy about. So Jesus comes in. I want you to lean into this. Jesus comes in, drives the demon out of one man, but takes the demon and puts them in a bunch of other pigs. And then our story goes that the men, look what it says. It says they went into the pigs and the herd, about 2,000, they rushed off and were drowned. And look what happened. Those tending the pigs run back to the town and tell everybody about it. And what happens when they tell everybody about it? You would think they would come and go, Jesus, the great deliverer is here. Oh, let's go see what he wants to do in our life. But the Bible says this, those who had seen it told the people about what had happened to the demon possessed and told them what happened to the pigs as well. And the people began to plead with Jesus, leave our town. We don't want anything to do with you. Can I present to you today that their issue is that they didn't have, their deliverance they needed was not from Satan, but actually from stuff. There was some self, some stuff. Whoa, Jesus, we're all about you taking out the the demons inside of people, but don't take our stuff away. 
Don't take our idols away. Don't take our livelihood away. Don't take our money away. And Jesus comes onto the scene and says, listen, if I'm going to be your deliverer, it's not just going to be from the devil. It's all going to be also going to be from all the destructions in your life that are keeping you from me. As a follower of Jesus, write down your notes. We're almost done. Ready? As a follower of Jesus, you've got to understand this when it comes to deliverance. Salvation is immediate. You stood to your feet last week. You made that decision. I'm telling you, we're proud of you. It's immediate. Jesus comes and saves your soul for eternity. But deliverance is both immediate. There's things that immediately happen. But it's also incremental. And there's a path and there's a process where Jesus starts working some stuff out of your life. So sometimes he'll take that friend away and you'll go, why God, you took my friend away. He's trying to remove an idol from your life. Trying to remove those pigs from your life. He's trying to remove what you rely on in your life other than him. And he'll remove those things and he'll go, listen, do you really want me as your deliverer? He went into that Roman territory and said, hey, if I'm going to be Lord, I'm going to be Lord of everything. You can't, even, you can't have your devil in. You can't have your pigs. You just get me. Come on. Come on. He's our deliverer. He's our deliverer. And what they did is they tried to kick him out of their community. Listen, you're either being delivered by Jesus or you're pleading to be delivered from him. Yeah. Open your heart up today to saying, God, whatever you want to deliver me from, and let's be real. It, it, in your life, many times, it's not some crazy thing. It's your attitude towards your spouse. It's the way you handled your money. It's the way you responded to that person at your workplace. We all got stuff inside of us that Jesus is trying to highlight so that we can walk in freedom and what he's called us to live. So you're in the car. Jesus is in control as a Christian. Write it down in your notes. You're either living defeated because of the lies that you believe from the outside. So the devil's lying to you and you're believing it. Or because of a lifestyle you're choosing on the inside of that car. It's the only reason we would live defeated because Jesus already overcame everything that we need to overcome. So if we're living in any kind of defeat, we need deliverance in our life from the lies we are living and the lifestyle we're picking. Can I give you the good news at the end? The good news is this, the man who was delivered tried to follow Jesus into his boat and said, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you. Come on, let me get in. And Jesus said, nope, you gotta go home, son. Go to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. So the man went away, the Bible says, and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done. Now, this is what's crazy, church history, right? It's the first time Jesus is ministering outside of Jewish territory. We call it Gentile territory. This man is the first Gentile evangelist. He is the first missionary of the Christian faith to take the gospel around the world, outside of Jewish territory, into the world. Let me tell you, Jesus is so powerful, his name is so powerful that he can take you from a manic to a missionary in just a second. One encounter with Jesus, it can take you from someone that is bound by the enemy to someone that is believing God for big things in your life. I'm telling you, it can happen when you surrender to Christ. Can I hear a better amen today, G church? Why don't we do this? Across Tampa Bay, why don't we stand to our feet and let's have a moment right now. Every single person in this room, every single person that's joined us at every one of our locations, it's one of the two. You're living defeated right now. 
and you need deliverance. And you need it either because of some lie you've believed or some lifestyle you've chose. It's either because of those, that, that enemy that's attacking your soul or just the self that we all deal with. Can we surrender to God today? With every eye closed, just what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? What is that area of your life that you need deliverance from? What is that area? What are, what are those pigs that you need God to remove from your life today? What are those areas? Lord, in Jesus' name, we submit them to you. We come at the moment right now where we declare that in the name of Jesus, that every demonic attack against us has to be destroyed. That every lie we've believed has to be cast down. That we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Come on, right now, as a sign of surrender. For those, you just say, you know what? There's areas of my life that I need deliverance of. Come on, just stretch a hand towards heaven right now. Come on, we all got stuff. We all have a moment right now where we need to believe God to say, God, rip it out of our life. Bring freedom in our life. Bring deliverance in our life. Let us walk in the awe and the focus of who you are. Lord, keeping you as the driver of our life. You is in control of our life. And we thank you that you're a God that is our great deliverer. In Jesus' name, we pray. Now let's take a moment. Come on, let's shout it out in victory. Let's have a moment of worshiping. Come on, sing it. against every attack of the enemy on people's minds, the lies that they've been believing. We pray against every lifestyle that would pull us away from you, Jesus, everything that would be dishonoring to you. Lord, just continue to deliver us. We just say we're available for you. We, we won't push you out of the deliverance in our life. We're inviting you in to continue to transform us to be all that we're called to be. We thank you for it. With every eye closed, every head bowed, there's one more group at all of our campuses right now. And it's those who are in the driver's seat of their life. You're in control. Your, your problem's not Satan itself. It's just you're in control of your life. And you need to make a decision to surrender your life to Christ, to give Jesus the driver's seat. And we've had dozens all day today, but if that's true on the count of three, I want you to respond. Say, today's my day, Aaron. I'm giving Jesus my life. I'm going all in with him. It's the best decision you'll ever make with your life. On the count of three, you're going to throw that hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down. And I believe Jesus will meet you right there in that seat. One, two, be bold. Ready? 
three, if that's you, throw that hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, dozens of people all over this room. Those at Brandon, those in North Tampa and St. Pete, Clearwater, West Chase. Just wave it at me. Heights, put it right back down. Awesome. Those online, we are proud of you. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud? Don't just pray it. Really mean it with your heart. This act of faith saying, God, we're surrender. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my sin. I give you my past. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Give me a fresh start. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision to live for you for the rest of my life. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, can we give Jesus some praise for what he's done? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.